Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Not a great week of college football, but still a big one for the Big 12 Conference. We'll discuss that and more on today's Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. This is the Neighborhood Watch on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Please do so. Tap that bell for those notifications. Like the videos as well. That's the best way to share our content. Help us get that stuff out there. Also, uh, like these videos. Once again, it's the best way to help us share. Leave comments. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're here on YouTube as well. But if you guys cannot watch the show, you all may listen to the show wherever you are and give us five stars there. Find us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. All right. So today's show, we look at the weekend. But really, guys, I mean, you know, you think about this weekend and overall in college football, it's not excellent. But there are some really important games for Big 12 teams in terms of tone setters for like whether some coaches might get fired or not or where certain programs are. And so we're going to tackle that schedule. And you know, I did the picks thing. Like I'll give some predictions and whatnot throughout this, but like, I'm not just like straight up picks. I think that's kind of just a weird way to do it. And then, you know, the content's not really, you, you all want like some thoughts some some bigger picture thoughts, what this stuff actually means. And we'll do our breakdowns of all the action on Sunday. So let's hit the schedule. Let's check it out. Let's see what we've got on the line in week number three by taking a look at where everything is. Now, I have a Saturday 7 label up here. It's not what this is, not Saturday 7, but still, it's that Big 12 slate, kind of taking you through your day. So the best time period to take a break is going to be after the 11 a.m. games, all right? You're seeing there's really not a whole lot happening between 11 and 6, uh, you know, after the 11 a.m. games end. You get the Oklahoma game, you get the UCF game, but those are games they should handle. So 11 a.m. on the SEC Network, it is Kansas State at Missouri. This line has bounced around. You've seen anywhere from six and a half to three and a half. I've got it right here at four. I'm sure that we'll have some more movement before everything is all said and done. So we've seen this line bounce around. But the real story about Kansas State, Missouri is this. K-State hammered Mizzou last year. Mizzou is, I think, a little bit better. Their defense is strong. Actually, Missouri's defense like, did not play terrible in that game last year. You have to think, what's going to happen if you hand a quality opponent like Kansas State an extra four possessions uh, thanks to turnovers and just keep them on the field permanently? I mean, eventually the dam is going to break, and in a lot of ways it did. So I don't really fault Missouri's defense that last year. Actually, you all know me. I'm a Mizzou alum. I have my Missouri shirt on, but I actually like K-State in this game. I wouldn't lay anything more than three, to be honest. So I don't like the spread, but here's why. K-State knows the opportunity ahead of them. If K-State wants to level up, this is one of those games that they need to win. I think they understand that, right? They did lose some pieces off last year's team, but this team knows that with the way the conference is changing, they have got an opportunity to grab hold of kind of a control of it. And this roster, I don't think it's you know more about the big picture, but I think this roster has the ability. I think Chris Kleiman 
sees that opportunity. I think this roster knows that after last season, there was some pretty clear setbacks, right? There was a nine and three team that peaked later on, but they had those setbacks, one out of conference, then two in conference, right? One was, I think maybe the, the Tulane game was lack of explosiveness on offense, right? The Texas game was, you just kind of met a, you know, you, you couldn't get enough stops and that game was kind of back and forth. And then a late critical turnover and the TCU game, uh, and I'm talking about regular season games here, but the TCU game to me was a loss due to injuries that kind of never let you see how, how good the game was going to be. And you started fast and that game didn't finish. So I think this game is one of those where it's look, man, like, you know, hammer down. Um, and you know, I, I also think too, like, you know, in terms of focus, but you also look and make Missouri, make the mistakes force Brady cook into bad decisions. That's very easy to do. Missouri has not been aggressive the first two weeks of the season. Make Missouri be aggressive. Put them in a hole. Make Eli Drinkowitz and Brady Cook take risks. I think you're going to like the position that you're in if you do those things. So K-State, hammer down early. Try and take a lead. But if we're talking about K-State as a team that potentially levels up, and I'm not talking about just going back to another um, uh, you know, another uh, New Year's Six Bowl, I'm talking about leveling up in a significant way, you know, uh, playoff aspirations type leveling up. This is a game they have to win. If they want to go 11 and one this season and get in the, and get in the college ball playoff, uh, you know, 12 and 0, I think 13 and 0 gets you in. But like, if you want to lose a game and, and still go, or still have a chance to go, this is not the one I would want to lose. I would want it to be like Texas at Texas and a chance to avenge that one later in the season, have it be a close loss. So, K-State, we're going to have to see how serious they are. Running the football has not been effective for them, and it's going to be tough against this Missouri front. We'll see if they can get that run game going. We'll see what they put on the shoulders of Will Howard, who uh, it's crazy to think, guys, last year would have told you he's not capable of beating teams this good of a defense. Honestly, you can put it on his back. I mean, I, th I think he's that good. And actually, I think it could be the receivers for K-State that might hold them down and not the actual quarterback play, which is crazy because that's kind of a difference from last year. So, I'm going to take K-State, and they're a better all-around team. I trust the quarterback. Well, crazy to say. I trust the quarterback from K-State more than I do Missouri's, even though Missouri is at home. So that's why I'm going that direction. LIU at Baylor. Baylor, a good chance to rebound. They should. I think they will. So not much time being spent there. Iowa State at Ohio is an interesting contest. Just because Ohio gets O'Rourke back at quarterback and Iowa State's coming off a week where the offense did not look good. Now, Iowa's defense will do that to you. But I want to see if Rocco Beck can improve as a quarterback and if they can find some kind of rhythm against a team that is probably pretty decent in Ohio, but also not in your level, not at your level. 2.30 on ESPN2, Oklahoma and Tulsa. I expect another opportunity for one Jackson Arnold to impress in garbage time. Uh, in this game, Oklahoma should handle Tulsa on the road uh, in an in-state spot here, which is interesting. 5.30 on the ESPN Pluses uh, slash Big 12 with a plus, whatever you're calling it. Miami of Ohio at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has got a chance to continue their winning ways. Now, they didn't finish the game great on offense last week, but their defense closed things down. They forced a really bad afternoon for um, – uh, for Phil Dracovic. And this is an opportunity guys to put themselves at three and O. So you have to lock in here. You cannot be looking ahead. I'm a little worried about that, you know, and just cause I'm not saying I distrust Scott Satterfield, but I think it's gotta be concerned when you've got Oklahoma coming to town next week, big noon kickoff. 
you just pulled a big upset. You're starting to look at that big game. One game at a time, if, if Cincinnati wants to continue to impress and a chance to go 3-0, and which I did not think would happen. South Alabama at Oklahoma State on ESPN+. This seven-point line, guys, I expect to see some movement on that. I think some folks will probably take Oklahoma State late. South Alabama's good. I'm not sure they're as good as they were last year on the defensive end of things. Oklahoma State, I think it needs to be Garrett Rangel moving forward. I think Mike Gundy, you know, we'll see how close he is to actually naming a quarterback. But I expect to see Garrett Rangel a decent – I mean, you know, you never know with Mike Gundy in the quarterback situation and what he's going to do. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, with that quarterback spot, uh, he's going to keep rotating quarterbacks. But I think it's hard time, you know, it's high time we start seeing some decisions be, you know, being made. Uh, you know, I think about who that that guy is going to be because uh, you're getting the part of schedule you need to. Tarleton State at Texas Tech. I think we all expect what's going to happen there. Texas Tech, a chance to take care of business. It's good news for Baylor and Tech. They've got easy games this week, so they can at least get a win under their belts and notch a win there. So we'll go now to the later games in the day. 6.30 on ESPN2. It's BYU at Arkansas. This line started at 10.5. It is now down to 8, 8.5, somewhere in that range. Your total is at like 47. Um, Arkansas has not been able to run the football, and BYU likes to pressure. So I'm really wondering what the plan is for the Hogs with K.J. Jefferson, right? Uh, they've kept him under bubble wrap predominantly the first two games. Are they going to turn him loose? Is BYU going to make him uncomfortable? The tackle situation for Arkansas has not been good. So I think BYU being aggressive, so to make sure you stay at home, though, in the middle. And we'll see if Arkansas can get those wideouts going. Their defense does look much improved. Will the physicality of Arkansas's defense, the improved physicality, I should say, of Arkansas's defense be a problem for BYU, which is now remaking their offensive line? That is what I want to see. Can that physicality of Arkansas be the difference? But I would take anything more than a touchdown here. Um, you know, I, I would definitely take that. I am concerned about BYU's athletes, but I think they can make this a close game. And Keaton Slovis should be playing with a ton of confidence after his performance last week, which was very, very strong. Uh, I, would, I would lean BYU plus the points. I think Arkansas wins that game, though. 6.30 on ABC, Pitt at West Virginia. This opened as Pitt minus two and a half. It is now at West Virginia minus two and a half. West Virginia has more positive vibes around them than I thought. You watched Pitt last week. What kind of offense gave them some trouble? A good running back. CJ Kiner had a great game, right? Uh, I think it's Kiner, yeah. Kid from Cincinnati had a great game. Uh, West Virginia or uh, Cincinnati blocked really well up front. Well, CJ Donaldson is a very good running back. Garrett Green is a good running quarterback. Emory Jones is a good running quarterback. Made some nice plays on the run last week. Garrett Green made some nice plays last week in the passing game. This is almost kind of a carbon copy. Now, you might say, like, in some ways, that's good news, right? Because you, you could, you know, I think West Virginia's offense actually is positioned to exploit some of the things that Cincinnati did. Bad news is Pat Narduzzi, I think, is a good enough coach to make some changes. But their offense, my Lord, was that offense bad last week. 
So the key is get after Phil Dracovic, get in that backfield, cause some problems. Can, can that West Virginia defensive front do that against a pit offensive line? And the other big question here, guys, from a general sense is this. I'm not going to say, because you all have heard my stance. I have said that Neil Brown is not on the hot seat because he has been, the team's lacked identity. I was so unimpressed with them last year that he almost has to win his way back onto the hot seat. And I think some West Virginia fans feel similarly to how I do. But national folks are saying well, the heat will be off if he wins this game. I don't I don't agree with that, right? I actually think Neil Brown can get himself back onto the hot seat with a win. Now, you might say, well, Josh, if you factor in West Virginia's money situation and you don't think that's very good, then you might say, okay, well, yeah, maybe he gets himself off. But in terms of performance, I don't think with good faith that I can say that Neil Brown's off the hot seat with a win here. I think that needs to be considered that like, you know, the lack of identity, the lack of quality performances to this point consistently needs to be considered, right? Once again, we're coming off a year where, where West Virginia beat both Oklahoma schools, which is a really good accomplishment for them, but it was a five and seven season, disappointing close losses, but it was a disappointing season overall for them. And they're struggling to establish an identity. Can this team do it? I think this is a tough team. I think this West Virginia team has some toughness. And they might have a pretty good backfield. I think Garrett Green, as long as he keeps getting better as a passer, could do some things for you. So I'm leaning West Virginia. I'm worried about Pitt because the the recent quality. I think it's a recovery spot for him, but I'm leaning West Virginia. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, you know, you all know me. I've not been kind to Neil Brown. I think deservedly so, but I think they've got a good shot to rebound here. 7 o'clock, Longhorn Network, Wyoming at Texas, Texas minus 30. You know, if Wyoming can bog this game down, I think they've got a chance to cover Texas. I mean, is it all? Is it still going to be guns blazing? Are we still all gas, no breaks after last week? Or is there a bit of a letdown? 30-point spreads are not games I usually like to touch, uh, but I think it's going to be interesting to see. And Wyoming is a 2-0 team. It's already got a win over a Texas school in the Big 12. 7 p.m. on Fox, TCU at Houston. This had the chance to be a really exciting game between two undefeated schools. Uh, TCU loses the game to Colorado to start off the year. And then Houston loses to Rice last week. And so now, you know, like I'm not saying TCU is not going to put Sonny Dykes in the hot seat, but all the goodwill that Dana Holgerson built up was gone because his team does what Dana Holgerson teams have done in the past and they have lost focus. So now they're back home, and I might have uh, – I actually think I got this line incorrect. I think TCU is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, so I'm sorry about the mistype on the um, – I actually thought about this earlier today when I made this. I'm like, did I mistype that one earlier? Uh, TCU, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Man, I, I'm not giving that many points here. I know Chandler Morris had a really good week last week against weaker competition. But this is a this is a you know a Houston defense with their focus week one they'll look pretty good and I got torched last week against JT Daniels so I've got no idea what to expect in this game got absolutely no clue about what we're gonna see in this game but Donovan Smith has had some serious issues he has not gotten off to a fast start it took him some time last week to really get going but I'm leaning in TCU's direction here just because I don't trust Houston enough. At this point in time, I think TCU took that loss and I expect them to be a bit more consistent after they showed 
that uh, you know poor loss last week. So that, that's where I'm. Um, that's where I'm at at this point in time. Uh, Nevada hosts Kansas, nine thirty, CBS Sports Network. Kansas giving twenty eight points. Nevada, I don't think we think the run defense is very good. But anytime you lay a big number with KU, you're concerned just because of pace, right? And if you all can tell, I don't love the Big Twelve board this week in terms of betting. But you guys follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Getting some some picks tomorrow morning for you all. My Big Twelve bread truck pick seven and four on the year. We're delivering winners, so make sure you guys follow there. But that's your Big Twelve week three sked. Uh, once again, recommendation middle of the day. Take that time out. K State and Missouri is worth your time. Arkansas BYU is worth your time. Houston and TCU is worth your time. All those games are of interest to me. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on X slash Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find me uh, also at NWPod365. And folks, this weekend, enjoy those games.